Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Today, joined by Stubergear, uh, we have a special guest, Jonathan Dunn, straight from Ireland. Yes, ma'am. So thank you so Yay. much for, for joining us. Um, and you have a podcast on Blaze Network. Yes, ma'am. Freedom's Disciple. Freedom's Disciple. Every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. Yes. So we're very happy to have you here. And then, you know, this guy. I'm here. Jason Buttrell. <laughs> All right, uh, Stu. I mean, we got to start with the border, right? Yes. Today, is that the way to go? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything more important at this particular juncture. Jonathan, do you agree? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to take a different tact. I'm going to talk about principle, which is what rather is shocking. A principle. And I'm not familiar with this term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might need an English dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to discuss uh, the one thing no politician ever runs on, and they probably should. It's very important. Okay. All right, Jason. Border, Border, doom and gloom. Let's yeah. have at it. Well, I mean, let's not hear, so we appreciate you. <laughs> I'll fill in. in yeah. <laughs> for that day. Uh, all right, lot to get into. Before we do that, want to thank our sponsor, Cosmo Hurts Kids. It's very simple. Uh, the society is in a giant decline uh, morally, and our uh, magazines reflect that, specifically Cosmo. Uh, you know, you go to the grocery store and you see the front cover, and you're just like, I, this is all pure garbage and also very awkward <laughs> to see with your kids in line. Uh, so Victoria Hearst, who is a member of the Hearst family who owns Cosmopolitan Magazine, has basically made it her mission to make sure that Cosmopolitan Magazine, uh, they fall under the same category as all of the other magazines that states that it's harmful to minors. Therefore, you know, your, your minor children cannot go to Walgreens and go buy Cosmopolitan magazine and start finding out all of these new tips and tricks to please your man. Mm. Yeah, we don't need our children reading that garbage. Uh, and Victoria wants to protect them. So go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. You can learn more about this campaign. Again, she's not trying to stifle anyone's free speech, anything like that. She just wants to make sure that our children are protected from this trash. So CosmoHurtsKids.com to learn more. So I'm going to let you start with uh, the the border and all, all that's gone on this morning. I know Trump had a, uh, he delivered a message to... Uh, America and you guys, meanwhile, were going through the actual spending bill and looking at what's in it, which I know is unheard of, <laughs> to actually look at what is in a bill. It's a terrible idea. You never I'll read tell the you bill. you'll have to pass it to do that, no? Oh, no? Okay. No, that's, a, that's a great that's point. What I heard somewhere. did huh. say that. That might actually be a better place to start before we even get to that, just the bill, like yeah. this well, thing. Uh, I mean, it should, all goes hand in hand. Yeah, really. I think it's all together. Because, I mean, the deal, the reason why these things are tied together is because the supposed deal was Mitch McConnell will support the national emergency if uh, Trump signs the spending bill and we don't get another shutdown. Everyone's very terrified of the shutdown, not do wonders for the polling numbers for Republicans. And so they're running away from it, which is, you know, some some degree understandable. But it's really, uh, this has been a disaster. Let's be honest about it. I mean, this has been a, 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 you don't win them all. And this is a nice example of it. This is a lose-lose proposition. First of all, you have the bill. The bill is another version of uh, an extreme spending bill that wastes money all over the place. If you remember, Trump, last time he signed one of these, said he would never sign another one. Um, here he is signing another one. Um, and this is not completely his fault, as the Congress, the, the terrible Congress, did a terrible job negotiating it. Uh, however, what we saw here, if you remember, was initially, when Republicans were in power, he, they, he were, they were offered full border wall funding, which they rejected. Then they came back and said, well, here is $1.7 billion for the border wall, and uh, Trump wanted 5.7. Now the shutdown happened. To show you who won the shutdown, they're now offering 1.3. Uh, 
uh, a billion dollars for for the bill. Um, so they backed off from 25 to 1.7 to 1.3. That's one way of showing how you lose a negotiation. In addition to this, the Democrats are so confident in their political position here that they have, I think, taken extra steps to just basically try to humiliate Trump and the Republicans with the bill. The bill, for example, includes a stipulation that as of this bill, you cannot spend any tax dollars in arresting anyone who has anything to do with an underage alien. So now you might say, okay, well, kids, you know, a lot of times maybe you're not going to arrest kids that are aliens. That's a tough one. You can't deport them or arrest them. Tough, tough issue. I understand it. Uh, and you might say, well, what about their moms? You can't, you can't go after their moms because their moms are taking care of the kids, and that's bad, too. So to attempt to implement that and go much further, they say that you can not use tax dollars to, uh, uh, to deport or arrest an uh, underage illegal alien, uh, their caretakers, anyone who lives in the home with their caretakers, and any potential caretaker of an underage minor, and anyone who could potentially live in the home of an underage minor, which to me includes all people. Literally everyone. Like, it's literally anyone could potentially live in a home with someone. So it's, um, a, it's a va- it's it, basically it's an amnesty clause. It's a giant amnesty clause. And just that clause, it, I would not trade just that clause for the border wall. Yeah. Especially the fact that they're only getting about 2% of the border wall in the bill. They are thinking about doing another 8% of it in, in the uh, national emergency declaration. Can, can I uh, stop there and we'll go through? Yeah. Well, no, I want to add on to that. Just some of the bad things in the bill. And this is very, very near and dear to me because I've, I've, been, with, uh, I've been with some organizations like OUR that have went to stop child sex trafficking. And these are probably the worst people that you could ever think about, dream about, write about, make Not OUR. Up. You're saying the people that the they're trying to investigate. That OUR is okay. investigating. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, that's really calling OUR is amazing. <laughs> okay. People they're going after We're are horrible. <laughs> Um, and um, so that's, why, that's why I love having you around. That's, <laughs> um, uh, th- for instance, really quickly, there, uh, I, I, I went to a place in Southeast Asia where we actually did a meetup to try and figure out who these people were and if they really did have kids that were being uh, trafficked. And um, these people would go to borders and they would just back and forth across borders from other places like, I can't, I can't say the country, but other countries that where they don't regulate these things as much. They just take kids across the border. They take them by the hand. They take them by the truckload. They drug them. They do the most awful things to them. They give them or sell them to the most awful human beings you, you can imagine. Those are the types of people that are bringing over kids across the southern border. Now, if these, now I'm just put in this picture, in this bill, you can be one of those evil, vile human beings. You can take a kid and say, walk up to that border right there and just cross. So the kid walks across the border. Now, the same people that have been doing these horrible, awful things, drugging them and all this stuff, can literally just walk up to the kid and say, hey, I sponsor that person. Like, they're on their own, but I sponsor them, I got it, it's, it's cool, I'm, I'm gonna take care of them. Then, hands off, immediately. Arrest them. That's what this bill lets happen. Yeah. Now, I cannot imagine, I don't, the bill's about 1,200 uh, pages long. So I know everyone didn't read it, but come on. With there's stuff like that in there, how do you sign your signature to that bill? And it incentivizes child trafficking. That's exactly what it does. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really scary. You know, they say that between 30 and 40% of MS-13, the, the gang, that kills uh, people about three times the rate of all school, sh- school shootings combined. Uh, this gang uh, is about 30 to 40% of their uh, arrests over the past few years have been underage, technically underage alien children. 
uh, unaccompanied children. So they would be uh, at the level of, you know, there's 16, 17-year-old gang members. They commit a murder. We, you know, we could theoretically arrest them for murder. However, under this, this bill, that is in question at some level, but it's certainly in question on whether you could deport them. You could not detain them and deport them over immigration statuses. So, I mean, if an MS-13 member who's in MS-13, but ha- you haven't caught them committing another crime, if, if they're underaged or if they're a sponsor of an underaged uh, alien, you actually would not be able to kick them out of the country for those reasons. Yeah. I, I, it's insanity. I heard... I heard I've, yeah. I've been trying to get here 15 years. So now yes. this law says, guess what? If I find a kid or a kid I could live with. Like, technically, by the, the wording that I've heard, um, and obviously it's open to legal interpretation, mm-hmm. but if I say, hey, guess what? I'm going to live with them. I'm going to be a, uh, you know, a tenant. I'm gonna, they're going to own the house, mm-hmm. and they happen to have an illegal alien. Guess what? I live there. I'm, I'm now in. Awesome. That principle mm-hmm. is up to grabs. The emotion of this issue needs to be taken away. The factual, the, there's one principle that needs to be answered, and no one ever discusses it or brings it up. As Look at me as an example. Do I have a fundamental right to be an American? I'm sorry, I'm, as someone who's not an American, no. Right. I came here two days ago on a tourist visa. They could reject me. Would it be horrible? Sure. Is there any reason to reject me? No, because I'm in the public eye. I've been very clear about it. I'm the, I'm the safest person to leave. <laughs> I'm not going to bomb up a plane because there's, there's evidence. But they have a right. If you guys decide, you know what, we don't want Jonathan in the country. Would it be hurtful? Yes. But I, there's no comeback for me. I do not have a right to be here. No one ever wants to talk about that. And you've been trying for multiple years. Yeah. Fifteen. Right? Fifteen years. Yeah. So now all you really have to do, instead of doing it legally, just fly to Mexico, mm-hmm. walk up to the border, grab an un- unaccompanied minor, and you're good. I, I, you're That's all you have to already. do. Just yeah. go move in with an illegal immigrant. Exactly. Or just move in. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're there. That sounds ridiculous, but that's actually how this bill, what, what it lets happen. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. And that's just but, part one of this, too. But then you take, so someone like me won't do it because I'm principal and I have honor. But you're giving incentive to people not to act in a good way. And is that what you want to do in a society? Do you want to be able to say, I get the, if you want to give the best intentions to the Democrats and the people right this, okay, we want to make things easier. Let's just say they do best intentions, they just are misguided. Do you want to incentivize people to do bad things? No. Right. That is not a society that we're, your sponsors, Cosmo Hurts Kids. You don't want to be incentivizing, hey, this is an option for you. You don't want to be incentivizing men, women, or anyone else going, hey, I guess what, I'm this kid, now I'm in your country legally, and you can't touch me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on that point, I want to bring in, uh, I don't know, did you guys hear, I almost called him the wrong name, Robert Francis oh. O'Rourke. Bob Frank O'Rourke? Bob Frank, thank you. Thank you. Certainly I not Beto. That you're, not you are, Beto. No, not Beto. And I forget that you are on a like a, a nickname basis with yeah, him. Yeah, we're pretty good. We're pretty tight. Bob I Frank. That, mm-hmm. that rumor's true? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> good old Bob It's Friday Frank. night, so you're going to be like having beers later on tonight? Yeah. Leave the internet. Yeah. He was asked, he was <laughs> asked never uh, whether he believed that we should just tear down the wall just make a referendum on the wall, tear down all of the barriers that we have now. And he said yes. Uh, He also made some interesting points. Let's watch. Here's what we know. Um, After the Secure Fence Act, we have built 600 miles of wall and fencing on a 2,000-mile border. What that has done is not in any demonstrable way made us safer. It's cost us tens of billions of dollars to build and to maintain. And it has pushed migrants and asylum seekers and refugees to the most inhospitable, the most hostile stretches of the U.S.-Mexico border, ensuring their suffering and death. More than 4,000 human beings, little kids, women, 
women and children have died. They're not in cages, they're not locked up, they're not separated, they're dead over the last 10 years as we have walled off their opportunity to legally petition for asylum, to cross uh, in urban centers like El Paso, to be with family, to work jobs, to do what any human being should have a right to be able to do, what we would do if faced with the same circumstances they were. See, so Jonathan, while you're saying I don't have a fundamental right to just be here, Mm -hmm. The left is actually saying the opposite. They're trying to spread the messaging that you do have a fundamental right to be here. And by the way, also making the argument for the wall at the same time, because he literally just said they can't get in where there's barriers. <laughs> right. So they're yeah. going to the places where there aren't barriers. Yeah. Pretty sure that means that the wall works, but why not? <laughs> it's just minor details. Yeah, it's, it's only it's minor. But the frustrating thing for me is if, let's, again, let's give him the benefit of the, that he has the best intentions that he cares for people. Okay, well then, let's not make the wall isn't the issue then. If you're really thinking that there's a problem with the asylum process, fix the asylum process. Right. Get more judges. You know, you have embassies. There's an asylum process. You go to your local embassy. I don't know whether I wouldn't support the funding of taxpayer money, but let's say you do and you're open with how you spend money. Then set up advertising campaigns. If you have a situation that you're in a danger, you fear for your life or you want, whatever the criteria is, even if you want to make it even more lax to get an asylum process, then say, this is what you do, but you go through a process. Yeah. This idea that, hey, I've got this situation. I could have applied for asylum. I, for the last seven years, I couldn't get a full-time job. I struggled to put food on the table. Why? Because, in part, because of what I say. It isn't popular where I come from. So I could have claimed for asylum just turned up at the border. I do not have that right. Mm -hmm. As much as I may say America might owe me, I, it owes me nothing, but people say it, or I'm entitled, it doesn't. You are not entitled to be here. And if you get here, you should be thankful. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the easiest place to cross the border for an asylum claim is the major border crossings right. where you can walk up to. You don't have to go around yeah. anything for You don't have for to that sneak to across. Yeah. Um, however, this is why, and what uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke talked you. about there Thank is you. the reason I uh, support the Secure Slide Act. And what it entails is a giant escalator that goes very, very high in Mexico City. <laughs> and you just get a slide that just comes over and it lands I don't know, somewhere in Arizona. <laughs> and people can just slide all the way down. We want to make it easier. Using your legs, I think, is too much to That's ask. That's a great point. Uh, so the Secure Slide Act, I'm going to be proposing it in Congress soon. The, the left never cared about, the, the, he doesn't care about the welfare of the immigrants. The left still doesn't care about it. They care about one thing. In fact, they, I mean, I think it was actually, wasn't it Woodrow Wilson that actually began the uh, process of limiting immigration mm. around 1915-ish or something like that? Um, the, the left never cared about it until they built the wealth, wel welfare state. That's when they started caring about it. Because once they built the welfare state, they knew that a massive amount of immigrants that could come in and actually, actually had to, uh, rely on the welfare state. Then they would be beholden to voting for the, the, for the party that wanted to maintain and make that welfare state uh, larger. That's when they started caring about it. Yeah. But. Uh, let's get into the national emergency and all, all of that next. I just, there's so much on it. <laughs> What do you know, Josh, about the immigration system? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've only been studying it, trying to find the way. <laughs> A lot more to get into, but before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Uh, so I probably don't have to tell a lot of you. You've probably already heard this before, but I used to be pretty fat. Yeah. I, there's just no way around it. Uh, people get mad at me. Them. Viewers get mad at me um, because they're like, you shouldn't call yourself that. And I'm like, I don't know what else to call it. it I mean, I was, I was large and in charge. How would you get younger from that picture? That's interesting. <laughs> oh. Okay. Thank you. Wow. wow. It just made my day. Uh, but Riddy's own has well, been. You're not the girl on the right? 
Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, You're killing me. Keep up. All right, Greedy Zone has helped me. Uh, it can help you. It helps me maintain, but it helps you lose weight if you've hit that weight loss wall or you've, uh, as Jason just pointed out, reached my age where your metabolism just it just crash and burns and you can't do anything to lose the extra weight. Weight. Try Greedy Zone. Uh, it's the good molecule in olive oil that they put into a capsule that helps boost your metabolism, help you feel full, so it reduces your appetite. Just need like that extra boost. Try it. See if it works for you. It works for me. Go to RiddyZone.com. Enter promo code TheBlaze and get 30% off of a three-month supply. That's like $1.39 a day. Um, Jason should probably try some immediately. I was just thinking. <laughs> it, just, it looks like he's gained some weight. So. Yikes. RiddyZone.com. I was going to say, buddy, you're, you're, you're piling on the long way. You need Jason. to do something. You're welcome. You're going to hit me all show now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we, you know, in talking about the bill and what a disaster it is, and, you know, I know I heard... You guys, Stu, you and Glenn, urging everyone just blow up the White House phone boards and email and all of that. Let them know not to go through with signing this bill. But let's talk about the national emergency uh, that he declared. Yeah, again, they can, they're separate. You know, so you, if you think the national emergency for the border is necessary, you could impose the bill. Right. Um, and, and vice versa, I guess, too. Um, I uh, think the national emergency is a very bad idea uh, for many, many reasons. I think, you know, Jonathan's brought us back to principle several times in the show, which I think is important. And the principle here... You keep saying this word, and I don't know. know. What is it? I think it's Irish. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the Irish have the ownership of principles, right? (laughs) Uh, The the idea of a president being able to redirect funds against something that Congress has come out, Congress has the power of the purse, they have come out and they have said, we do not want to spend money on this. Mm-hmm. The fact that the president can just overrule that with a national emergency is, on principle, wrong. And Bill O'Reilly, building off that point this morning when he was talking to you guys, said, no, it's, 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 the bill's okay because the national emergency supersedes the bill. And he was saying that like that was a good thing. Yeah, that no, that's not a good thing. Again, like, it's, it's only a good thing. You know, Bill, at one point, and we kind of called him out on this a little bit, just... Uh, in a somewhat fun way, but he, you know, he said, well, I'm thinking long-term. I'm thinking Trump's re-election. Well, Trump's re-election isn't long-term. That's two years from now. It's less than two years from now. He may or may not win. Uh, that may be important to you. It may not. But the bottom line is, you know, this is a fundamental part of our, our government. And it goes back way before Trump. It goes back to Obama, who uh, basically, not through the National Emergency Act, but a different, uh, you know, process, put DACA through after he himself said he couldn't do it unless he got Congress to go along, mm-hmm. did it anyway. So, of course, that emboldens uh, Trump to do it a little a little bit here. But go back to Carter when they passed the National Emergency Act. It w- it's a terrible idea. This, the, the power of the purse specifically lies with Congress, with the House. The House has to be responsible for this. And what the House and Congress did was like, well, we'll vote to give that responsibility to the president. Well, you know, you can make an argument in a very short term. Okay, it's maybe it is six months where like they have a little bit of time in case something happens, we can't get a vote on it. But within that six months, Congress has to approve that action. The way the the act was designed um, was they could say the president says there's a national emergency and then goes to Congress and Congress has an opportunity to say he's BSing. It's not really an emergency. Again, I think there is a real problem on the border. I'm not talking about the, the, the motivation here. 
But the bill got overturned in the Supreme Court partially. So instead of it being something where the Congress could say, no, that's not an emergency, they have to say, no, that's not an emergency, and then send it to the same president who just said it was an emergency, mm-hmm. and then he gets an opportunity to, say, to veto it. So it winds up being almost impossible to overturn one of these things. And to, in my mind, when the Supreme Court made that distinction, they should have thrown the entire law out. We saw this with Obamacare, where it went to the Supreme Court, and one of the arguments was, if we get rid of the individual mandate, does this make the entire law so ineffectual that we just have to get rid of the entire thing? That should have happened with the, with the National uh, Emergencies Act. Beyond that, I mean, I would be completely pleased if they just got rid of it totally. Just to a point where, you know what, if we got to get Congress to vote on something in a couple days, that's fine. Yeah. We don't need to have the president to be able to move money around when he's not, uh, he's not constitutionally allowed to do it. I want to point out that the huge conundrum here is that we all agree, I think, most of us, most of the uh, people on the right agree that there's an emergency on the border. We all pretty much agree with that. Would everyone at the table pretty much agree with that? I mean, it's an ongoing one that's been going on for multiple decades. Yeah, there's a crisis. You could name it as an emergency. The New York Times called it a crisis. Right. So, I mean. So, but, so then you would think that, well, yeah, the national emergency, declare it. Now, if we're talking about principle, every single person that identifies as conservative Mm -hmm. should be against this. Mm -hmm. They should be against the National Emergency Act. They should be against declaring this as a national emergency. Our jobs as conservatives should be to advocate for lesser government. We don't want a president or a figurehead in the government that has more power. And that's exactly what this does. This supersedes what Con- every time they want to get something done that Congress will not do, they're like, screw it, national emergency, I'm doing it anyway. That's not American. That's not what the founders intended for. That's not what we should be enabling. There's, it's what's hilarious is if you look at how many current national emergencies there are. Um, I, counted, uh, I counted 28. Some people I've been reading lately have been saying it's over 30. Yeah. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know how many national emergencies. Well, yeah, like, it, that should that, be much easier to find out. Right? It's a, so, so it's somewhere between 25 and 35. <laughs> but that's ridiculous. And my point is that these things, it's bi- power is bipartisan. Once you get power, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to vote every six months, which is how the system operates, to keep it. There, uh, Obama did this 13 times. I don't even remember that happening. But he did it 13 times. There's still 11 of those still in effect today. Most of them, it's bipartisan. were completely non-controversial. They were things like limiting. No, I'm serious. Like they were like things like limiting Iran's ability to move funds around. Uh, it, but, it's stuff like that. But why not have Congress? Why not have handle Congress? That? A, I'm what totally with you. Yeah. That's what that's what's controversial with this one is that he's using this power in a completely new way, and, and the Democrats will love that. Uh, so president. two things, and this is where you need to get back to principles: the Constitution. If you are on the fence of, I like this, but I'm not sure if it's constitutional. I've seen so many constitutional arguments for this. There's seven words that make this unconstitutional. All power should be vested in Congress. Simple. And the idea, the, the problem that I see as an outsider is you've got so far from your history that you don't teach it. People are like, well, but Congress sucks, John. Okay, great. Then change them. You know, this idea that you have to have everything now. You need to read your founders and understand that there's a, the reason they had the Senate, there's a reason they got are elected every six years. Because your founders, when they read around their history of the world, they read about Plato's Republic, about the Roman Senate, they said, you know what? His, history shows there's some things like a wave election. It, we don't want to have a system of government that we can have a wave election every two years and do something that's really bad long term. Mm-hmm. We have the House is elected every two years so that you can have the wave election. But you also have the Senate that if you do have that wave election and are potentially on the course to do something that's really popular today but long term isn't a good idea, that you have senators who are not up for re-election for another four or five years that go, no, let's just calm down. Mm-hmm. Let's just slow this process down. Let's discuss things. 
And no matter how frustrated you get, you have to understand there's a constitutional. You have to separate your emotions on whether you like it, whether you agree with the policy and whether the outcome. Look, the wall should be built. There's absolutely no doubt. There's no logical reason I've seen why it shouldn't. But just because you want a wall doesn't mean you go, well, we're going to get it. The ends do not justify the means. And that is a question everyone has to ask themselves. Do you want something? Yes. Okay. What are you willing to do for it? Are you willing to forgo your honor, your principles and what you stand for to get that little victory? Because here's the thing, history shows, and let's say make this about the Republicans and the Democrats, who will abuse power worse? The Republicans are bad, mm-hmm. but they're amateurs compared to the Democrats. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you have John Kerry openly, not, not in hidden circles, yeah. openly saying, we want them to do this because guess what? When we get power, climate change, baby. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, back in a minute. The only way to defeat a law is the secure slide act. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, tell everyone really quickly, again, where they can find you. Sure. So on Twitter, I'm Freedom Disciple. Facebook, Jonathan Dunn 58 You can get my podcast anywhere. It's free. SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music. Freedom Stitcher. Disciple is the name Freedom of it. Freedom Disciple. Yeah, we mean like you're an immigrant. Where can we find you? We're yeah. coming after you. We oh, okay. Dublin, <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then those of you who have not yet done so, go to blazetv.com. Sign up. Use promo code NEWS. You can get $10 off of your annual subscription quite a deal for the number of voices that we have on there. BlazeTV.com and Overtime is up next. Up next, enjoy bonus Overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at BlazeTV.com. All right, before we get into overtime, I want to thank our sponsor, Mercury Real Estate and realestateagentsitrust.com. So Glenn and Stu, you guys, you're in radio, you moved around all the time, Mm -hmm. and Glenn had this crazy idea that maybe you shouldn't uh, decide who your real estate agent is based on, like, uh, pointing to someone randomly in the phone book. Yeah. Well, or just a quick Google search. The radio, radio gives you uh, a lot of unwanted experience uh, in in the, in the field of moving around yeah. uh, every year or two, uh, because basically you get fired from every job you have after about six months. Um, and uh, when you go into a new place, you don't know. You don't have you don't have those. You know, I mean, when you're moving in the town, you might have the same real estate agent you had from years ago, but you don't know who these people are. You don't know anybody. You don't have friends. You don't have family in these towns. Uh, so to be able to kind of step in, the idea is go to real estate agents I trust. Uh, most people don't do any work when it comes to finding a real estate agent. The, the, they do all the work for you. They rank all of them. They get, they get the right people there, people who are fans of the show, who connect with our values. And then you can get the right real estate agent wherever you are, and you don't have to waste the time. And um, people who actually do this full-time, I feel like, really quickly, this is just an aside, but I feel like real estate agents and also photography, it's like everyone dabbles in it. They get a new camera and they're Mm -hmm. like, I'm a photographer now. Or they take a real estate agent course and they're like, oh, I'm a real estate agent, even though that's not really my main thing and I don't really know much. There's so much of that going on right now. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Let them help you. Let them, uh, they've already done all the work, so let them help you. All right. Jason, I want to give you the opportunity to, you teased everyone yesterday mm. with <laughs> your story, and then we had this breaking news that we just discussed uh, with Trump and the border and the spending bill, and so I want to give you the opportunity to bring that story back in the mix. I heard that like 99% of the people watching today is just because they heard your tease, mm-hmm. and they couldn't wait. I they, heard they that too. Sleep. Fake news. 
I heard no. I heard that Fake too. News. And they didn't I agree. sleep. They haven't I, eaten. I expect a very Please big bonus <laughs> bringing in all those viewers just for this topic as well. Um, yeah. So it kind of goes on our like line of thinking of talking about principle, and I think there's nothing more valuable uh, towards our future right now than to actually go back to conservative principle to like analyze, especially when you have people like Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, Omar, people like that, Bernie Sanders, that are going to be pushing these, uh, you know, single payer. Uh, okay, then what's it, what, what, how can we combat single payer? Like, what is the conservative response to that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, free college, uh, what's, what's the conservative response to that? These are, these are things that we can actually ask conservatives say, yeah, okay, I agree there is a problem there. there. There's something, there's an issue there. Now, what's our response to it? All right, now there's no ideas at all. There's only bad socialist, far left-wing uh, responses to this. Mm-hmm. And those two that I pick out, so there's single-payer health care and there's um, free college. Mm-hmm. Those are always hand-in-hand. Hand. Right. Like, if you ask them, like, what do you mean? Oh, single-payer health care? Free college. And every millennial's like, yeah, of course. Um, now, the, the, there's one thing that those two, two things ha- ha- have in common. And I've kind of brought this up a little bit when I was just talking about um, health care. But um, every time, like, the, say, for instance, like a flat panel screen TV. When I was, you know, I think I was like 21 or whatever, uh, which, wow, that was like 20 years ago. Um, I looked into buying one of these bad boys. I think it cost $2,800, and I had to get a loan to do it. The exact same TV now, which is actually, I don't know. It's not the exact same. It's not the exact same. Better better TV, smart TV, all that stuff. You can literally get a larger one. I think I saw a 65-inch one, smart TV at Walmart, $250. Absolutely insane. That's capitalism, baby. That's capitalism, exactly. And as technology advances, these costs go down. Um, but that, that hasn't happened in healthcare. That hasn't happened in uh, education. Now, specifically, every time the government steps in, gets involved with these and, and gets in the way, they artificially manipulate the marketplace. We already have that with healthcare. Oh my gosh, Obamacare. Mm-hmm. But even still, with things like Medicaid, you know, like or, or Medicare. Every time the government is right there, willing to, you know, to, to, to put a check. It screws up the free market. Yep. Yeah. Same thing with with uh, college education, and I don't think I've heard anybody really talking about talk about this. But state schools, I'm sorry, they, they, that, that's got they, they got to go. Mm. That, 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 we got to get rid of state appropriations to to schools. Now, if I'm a private university, the market's already set. So even if I am getting in tons of money and I and I want to like make the uh, make the cost lower, why should I? Why should I? Because a state school, let's say like the University of Texas. Um, has are, is, is getting tons and tons and tons, millions of dollars uh, in appropriations. Like, why should they? Now, back in the uh, in the eighties, tuition only accounted for I think two percent of the, of their budget. Everything else come came from uh, endowments mm-hmm. and, and through investments that the, the state of Texas does with like oil and gas and all that stuff. They get a, a huge uh, bonus to that. So the vast majority of that money actually came. Like, you could go there in the eighties a lot cheaper. I wish I was going in college in the eighties. Uh, I would have went to UT. My stepbrother goes there now and pays a ton of money. I think per year it's $25,000 per year. In state. $25,000 per year. Now tuition still accounts for about 30% of of their budget. So costs have gone up. The amount of money that we're putting into it has gone up. But their their, uh, endowments have hit astronomical levels. Astronomical levels. Uh, the University of Texas just became the number two university in the nation for their pool of, uh, of endowment money. $31 billion. Harvard is the only one that's above them. $31 billion. But what's not going down? Tuition. Tuition. Tuition's not going down. Yeah. And literally, why should they? 
Why should they lower their prices? They can keep upping them because the market's already been manipulated. Yeah, not to mention that the, the loans are guaranteed uh, in many cases for the students, that they can get at rates that are below market value as well, so they don't care about paying it. The, the payments are low. I can pay it over a long period of time. The interest rate's low. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge, you're right, that's a huge problem. And uh, I was talking to someone, a uh, guy who goes to college now, and he was telling me about, he had some uh, test coming up, some exam. And I mean, the process he was talking about, first of all, he's buying these books and they're six and seven hundred dollars for mm-hmm. a book. Then most of them aren't even giving him books now. They're giving uh, online books. So he's paying three and four hundred dollars for online books that now he now can't resell. Uh, because they're online books, which is obviously a scam. I mean, if you look at the uh, you look at the uh, inflation numbers on on books in particular, they're even worse than tuition. It's it's really really high. And then he uh, said that basically, like they're taking the test for the class at home anytime they want during the day on the computer, which of course allows him to go on Google and right. Google every single question. <laughs> To yeah. get through it, can you imagine you're spending $25,000 a year in state mm-hmm. plus thousands of dollars in books and not to mention dorms and and then what are you doing? You're giving the kids an education that they can sit back and just cheat on every single question. Yeah. I, I, as I walked out of the room, I was like, my kid is not. I, he can go if he wants to pay for it. I am not yeah. paying a dime yeah. to send that kid to college at this point. Like, <laughs> It's insanity. And then, not to mention, of course, all the problems that have always existed, like going to classes that have nothing to do with where you want to go. We are not at a point anymore uh, where college needs to exist in the way that it does now. Um, I think over time it, it, it'll get better. Um, but you know, we are in that gov- when government props up an industry like that, it doesn't innovate. It doesn't get better. It, the costs don't come down. You don't get the flat screen TV for $250. Yeah, I, I think the, the system is going to come down eventually. I think college, colleges are screwed. Because yeah, the bubble. The, yeah, the, 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 the situation is changing and they're not evolving to it. I don't, as a free market capitalist, I don't blame University of Texas for charging a crap ton of money because if people are willing to shed, shell it out, I don't blame them at all. Keep, yeah. keep jacking up the prices if people I mean, are willing to do it. The problem is not them. It's the collusion with the government. It's the it's the manipulation yeah. with the government. That's and the problem. they are involved in that, of course. Yeah. I mean, they sure. are part of the government. So I mean, I. I, I but don't. if that wasn't available, then if it, right. If it was if it was private schools, I mean, they could charge whatever they want, you know. But they're not. I mean, and the you know the fact that they're getting all of this money and you know like I love love football, love college football, but you know like the highest paid people in almost every state in the union are the, is the head f- football coach of a state university. Yeah. That does not make sense. But yeah. the, the state employees, the, the the person who makes all the money. Are these are these football coaches? I mean, which I love football, but like, the government should not be involved in the game of football at all, <laughs> at any level, for any reason. Uh, Jonathan, I feel like we need a, a foreigner's opinion on this. <laughs> Absolutely, the the answer is very simple. It's get back to principles. You know, do you want to be for free markets? Because what you have everywhere else is, you know, my the, the scariest lesson I ever learned, and I didn't appreciate this as a kid, as a grown up, as a five, six, seven year old, was a life lesson. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And as, as someone who's actually started to sleep, that is an incredibly frightening thing for a kid to be brought up in. That's what socialism is. That's what government is. It doesn't matter how great your idea is. It doesn't matter how you know, great, innovative you are, how you're going to change the world. If you don't know the right people, you can't have it. What you're seeing with, this, with colleges is you have to know the right people, and it's all it's a big circle, and money's going around, and everyone's getting, getting richer, and then you have the, the student loan that's guaranteed. It's, it's free money. And then you can't really blame the kids because if someone said to me, hey, Stu, here's 20 grand, go, go get yourself an education and you'll be paying it back. And you know what? If you can't ever pay it, then that's just the way it goes because eventually that bubble is going to burst. And guess who's going to be on the hook for it? Taxpayer. 
mm-hmm. and you're, you're starting to see this all the way around. The only way you get back to normality is getting back to a set of foundational principles. And if you do that, you'll prosper. If you don't, you're going to have major, major problems ahead of you. What's, what always cracks me up about it is it's, it's government involvement is what what's, what's creates this problem, is what artificially manipulates the market and drives up prices. Now, the answer they always say is, okay, well, let's just double down on more government more in, involvement. Always. That's always the answer. The free market will fix this. You're probably, you're not get, you're, you're not going to get rid of state school appropriations. You're just not, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But the free market in the end, I think, will win out. It's already doing it. There are already uh, some, of the, some of the options out there. Um, and you can read about these, they're starting to pop up all over the place. So these colleges online, that there's specifically there's one in Silicon Valley where uh, Silicon Valley heads got together from, I think, Facebook, Google, and a few other tech companies. And uh, they said, look, what are the jobs that we need? We need coders, we need people like that. So let's, uh, let's help uh, support this school that's, that um, offers degree paths for these specific jobs. So that's what they do, coding, a bunch of other stuff. You can go to those schools, and you don't front a dime for it. You don't pay anything for it. It's all online. It's all um, free up front. Don't pay for a single thing. You get, it's, it's, a, it's an accelerated course, so I think you actually get your a full bachelor's degree in whatever this is in like three years instead of four. Um, it's really quick. It's, I think it's pretty difficult. But then when you're done, then you go to work for these companies. So it, if you're proficient, you know, you did good, you know, um, then you'll go to work for these companies. If you don't get a job, you still don't pay a dime. If you go get the job with the actual company, then you owe them, I think it's 20% of your monthly check for 60 months or something like that. The equivalent, I did the math, I suck at math, so I can't tell you exactly what it was, but the math is basically what a four-year degree would have been. Wow. But you've already got a job, at least you can pay for it. You're not starting in debt. Exactly. That's where it's going. Tailored degrees, not this gender study bull crap, you know, stuff like that. Actual workable jobs that you'll get Mm -hmm. off of tailored degrees. Uh, All right. Today's The Blaze Why comment comes from Saves84. And everyone remember, you can tweet us your questions and comments using the hashtag The Blaze Why. That's W-H-Y for you podcast listeners. Uh, he was commenting on Representative Omar's contentious back and forth with uh, Elliot Abrams. And he made a, a reasonable point here. How does the Me Too movement feel about taking a no as a yes? Because <laughs> remember, right. recall, yeah. she did say, I will take, take that as a that yes. As a yes. Yeah. But he said no. So I think we're still waiting for a, a comment from the Me Too movement on that particular back and forth. You and today's, today's poll question, do you support the president's decision to declare a national emergency to address border security? Let us know at the Blaze's Twitter. Right, I already checked that. It was a very, it was very overwhelmingly on yes. Oh, yes, I would. That's what I would predict. Yeah. Yes, although I am uh, uh, so definitely on no on that one for me. Yeah. No, hard no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, it is just this little gonna, thing called principles, as we were discussing. Yeah. I mean, functionally, we're going to really hate it in four precedent, or eight years. Yes. Uh, the precedent's really bad, but I mean, before that principle, I mean, you know, that's that is true. I do. I do also think too. I mean, when you're talking about conservatives as a whole, we typically, we try not to use like the super emotional messaging yes. of we're all going to die. Imagine, I mean, we're, if we're doing this now, how bad oh is it going to be when it's the left who that's all that they want to do is everything is, you know, we're about to die and this is our last resort and Armageddon. we have no other options. Yeah. Everything is Armageddon. Yeah. Can you imagine 
Okay. What they're going to do. Think of so, Sandy Hook. So I, right, exactly. Um, yeah. and, and, think it up. And some people would say that they wouldn't because of the Second Amendment. But, student, you and I were talking about in the hallway yesterday. Like, there's already a, congr- there's already a, a precedent to, there was an assault weapons ban. Yeah. There's already a precedent to do that. You just so had you a can, bomb stock ban. So you, exactly, you can chip away little by little, but you literally could write an assault weapons ban that gets rid of every sem- semi-automatic rifle. And you can but do it, that through it, a national emergency. Yeah, but it doesn't even have to be that. There's so many ways around it. You just go, okay, guess what? And it's not like they would do this. Let me use a quote from your past president, you know, uh, you, you can sell, you know, uh, ammunition and just necessarily going to bankrupt you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. You know, exactly. so yeah, you can have, you can have, you can have a semi-automatic, yeah, but look at bullets for it. I, I got, I got into, I got, I'm getting into a lot of Twitter fights lately, but I got into a, good use of any time. other, <laughs> totally, yeah, <laughs> not while I'm at work. Oh, uh-huh, no. Sure. Should say that when your boss is sitting there. <laughs> Follow you, Jason. Uh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> there's a timestamp as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I got into a Twitter one. Someone saying that, look, um, the Democrats are going to do what they want. The precedent thing is a stupid argument. They're like, they're going to do next president, when next administration, the Democrats going to do what they want. Regardless, but no, they, they were saying that's politics, mm-hmm. and my counter was that no, politics is not doing something out of fear of reprisal from the other side. Yeah. Take for instance, we, we, we've never we, we've never used a national emergency in this manner before because of precedent. What might happen later? That's the same. The same example is the, the Senate nuclear option. I was we just don't go nuclear because of the yep. precedent. Yep, mm-hmm. there's, there's a Look standard for that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so precedent is a thing. This yeah. is a thing. And it helped move. I mean, like, the, you know, remember, it was the Democrats that said, no, you know what, only 50 uh, votes for judges. Not Supreme Court justices, only 50 for judges. And then it was Republicans say, well, if you did 50 for those judges, mm-hmm. we'll do a 50 for Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the same thing with DACA. You know, Obama passes DACA. He can't get it passed with the Congress. He says he can't get it, do it unless he can get it passed with the Congress. And then he's like, well, I'll just do it anyway. That's now building on this. And it moves the Overton window every single time you do this. They are correct, obviously. Precedent isn't, doesn't, isn't necessary for Democrats to do something awful. Right. They, they might do it, but I mean, it's all about what's acceptable, acceptable to the public. And when the Democrats bring up an article, uh, an argument about a real emergency, gun violence or whatever it is, uh, they will have half of the country that's already argued on the behalf of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to only have to get their half, which they'll get easily, and they'll be well over 60% of the people uh, who, who believe that this is now okay. And then, you know what? The next people after that will go even further. The, the precedent is a functional argument against it, but there, that is not even the first one you need to make. The idea that this, the system was specifically set up, specifically set up for Congress to hold the power of the purse. I don't think I think we should have a constitutional amendment that bans Congress from giving up the power that they've been designed it designated in the Constitution. The trade is the same thing. Because they decided they were too lazy to do trade agreements. They're like, all right, I'll give that to the president, whatever, you can do whatever he wants. It's a terrible idea. They it's written in the Constitution that it's Congress supposed to be doing it, and they're not doing it. Absolutely. It's a big problem. And the one question I'd ask is just for your friend on the Twitter war. So if you if you think, well, they're going to do it anyway, okay, so you're going to do it, they're going to do it anyway, who's left standing for principles? Mm-hmm. Who, who, you who literally at least know that you didn't go down that path yeah. at the end and of the day. Exactly. Yeah. And the question still matters is, should you do it? Right. Right. You know, you know sh- is it right that you should, whether it's the border, whether it's emergency or anything, yeah. sh- is it right or wrong? And if your argu- argument is influenced by emotion or politics, beyond, well, I want this or, you know, I, I think this is, they're going to make do it worse or whatever the precedent is, the question is, should it be done? And if you are for the Constitution, the answer, I'm sorry, is all power should be vested in Congress. Unless you're going to rewrite that, you can't say you can't support it. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. Jonathan, thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Uh, I think we get you again next, next Friday. Week. Yes, next oh, nice. Friday. Nice, so in a week, we will see you back here. Sorry that our immigration system sucks so much that <laughs> it took you so long, but we're glad you're here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you Monday. We will be inviting ICE uh, here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.